0: Past summer, I was actually in Clover, South Carolina, speaking in a school district, and was asked to speak there by today's guest, Millicent Dickey. And uh, her and I connected over uh, the summer prior to it, talking about being there, what it would look like. And really, she just kind of you know, said, hey, come here, here's when you're speaking, and uh, really didn't, just let me do what I do, which I really appreciated. And Her and I talked before, and one of the things I really appreciated is that she didn't just give me an introduction, but she she did a really heartfelt message to her staff. And over the past couple of years, obviously, education has been um, terribly tough, right? And it's always been tough, right? But especially over the last couple of years, it's been extremely hard. And one of the reasons that I wanted Millie to be on the podcast was because of the talk she gave to her staff. She's chief academic officer and even though she works in the central office, the pride she felt in her staff and how it was received, because I knew her staff knew how much she cared about them. She had grown up in the community and you could feel this real family uh, feeling of the community and how much she appreciated her staff. It really resonated with me. And I remember actually taking my phone and writing Ask Millie Sen to be on my podcast because I was so overwhelmed with emotion and pride even though this was not a place that my kids were going that I ever taught, that I actually even knew about before I was there that day. And it really brought the sense of community and how important that is in education and education. Millicent, um, grew up in Clover, South Carolina. Uh, she's been there pretty much her entire life, uh, not only as a teacher, uh, chief academic officer and other roles, but also as a student. And you could feel that sense of community that comes out and how important that is. And that's one of the topics we talked about, um, a lot uh, with a lot of other things. And so I really love this podcast, such a great energy from Millicent, um, big shout out to Clover, South Carolina, you one of those. So Um, Thank you so much for being here for another episode of the Innovators Mindset Podcast. Hey everyone, it's George Coast. Welcome back to another episode of the Innovators Mindset Podcast. I'm so very blessed. I just had a great podcast with Millicent Dickey and uh, it's so great to continue on this conversation as people that don't know this necessarily, but I actually record two podcasts at the same time and I, just so, it, was, it just went so well. I'm so excited to continue on the conversation. Where it's awesome. awesome, awesome. Millicent Millie is actually from Clover, South Carolina. She's the chief academic officer. Um, for Clo- Clover School District, which is yep. right outside, um, right outside Charlotte, actually, yes. which messed me up because I was like, why am I flying to North Carolina <laughs> to go to South Carolina? And so yeah. I had the privilege to be in there in the middle of July. Uh, and your staff was wonderful. They were absolutely oh, just you. amazing. They were so welcoming and warm to me. It's actually something I very distinctly I remember actually being in that auditorium and feeling like, wow, this is like a real, it's really great to see because. You know, a lot of people were making some life choices this summer about teaching, right? Yes, they right. were. And then, you know, people are coming back and they're like, on that first day, like, did I make the right choice? And you're like trying to make them feel that. But it, uh, one of the things I absolutely, you know, can't wait to talk about is Millie Millicent has actually um, been in Clover her entire life. So she was there as a student and now been there, you know, as an educator for Almost your entire career, minus one year, right? Yes. Yes.
1: Minus one year. Maybe
0: we should hear about the one year. Like, what happened that one year? (laughs) Right. So, uh, that one
1: year was not bad. It was good. I know.
0: I know. know. Just. (laughs) So, Millicent, if you could just tell a little, people a little bit about who you are, what you do today, and how you got to that point, that's a great okay. place to start. It's a great place to start.
1: Okay. So, my name is Millicent Dickey. I uh, grew up in Clover, uh, born and raised, went through uh, schools here in Clover, went to Kynard Elementary School, and uh, graduated from Clover High School. And so, um, I've been around basically South Carolina my entire life. Uh, I left Clover as a college freshman i went to clemson university go tigers and uh
0: yeah, I gotta give a, I gotta
1: give and um and then uh, after that i came back to uh clover i was a young adult working uh got married uh was married to a spouse who Felt like we're going to live in Charlotte. That's the greatest place in the world to live. And and no doubt Charlotte is a wonderful place to live. And so I went to work in North Carolina one year because I thought I needed to be close to where my house was. Not necessarily so because um, I did love Clover and I came back Um my path into into education is actually kind of interesting because I'm the product of two educators. And I went to Clemson bound and determined that I was not going to be a teacher Mm -hmm. and I was going to be in the world of business and I was going to make tons of money and just not be a teacher. And so I had a little bit of a, um, A bump in the road, I don't necessarily say, but I think I figured out my real calling uh, because I was a business major at Clemson for about three years. um, Just spending my parents money on college tuition and having a great time, uh, but had an experience where I had to interview someone who had my major in college and what were they doing now? And so I'm not going to get into the what they were doing now, but I figured out that that was not what I wanted to right. do very quickly. And so um, I had to call my mom and dad and tell them that I'm sorry, but I've now decided I'm going to be an education major and it's going to take me a little bit longer to finish college. I hope you don't mind.
0: <laughs> were they excited? Were they excited about that?
1: Uh, I, I, they are, um, my parents are they're they're very much so by the book and want you to do things in order um, but they uh are very supportive they I say are my dad is no longer with us so um supportive of what I wanted to do in life and, and where I wanted to be the things I wanted to achieve so have to give them a shout out for that yeah
0: that that's an it like when you actually, so can can I ask you, so you yes. did several years of business, do you see any, yeah, did yes. you, did you see any, um, like, is there any overlap? Are there things that you actually learn from that process that help you maybe, maybe help you as a teacher, maybe in your role as a chief academic officer? Like, is there things that you learned That that I learned in that process.
1: Well, well, probably probably about just um, I think probably more than anything, just just about decision making and about, you know, being very slow and methodical about decision making. And uh, because um, and I I kind of try to use it from the thing of like um, measure twice and cut once that, you know, there's no there's no harm most times in taking a little bit longer to weigh out a decision. Uh, but there is harm once you that you've you know cut and made the decision that sometimes you can't really walk that back, so that would be probably the one thing I would yeah. definitely say. So,
0: there's actually uh, so this is not a saying, but I think sometimes in education, it's measure 34 times and never <laughs> cut. because <laughs> we yes, like that our, is we, true. we do like our meetings, like we
1: do. <laughs> we do like our meetings
0: right so that's that's a that's a george original so if anyone <laughs> told me that, that measures 34 times never cut that's never a, cut right um, yeah i love that. that that actually is something that um is is can be frustrating too on the other side of it too is that i, I swear and this has happened that we've i've been in meetings where we've talked about the meetings that we're gonna have and yes. it's like so the meeting is about the meeting that's what we're meeting about that's what we're meeting
1: about okay
0: so like that for me was okay like we we gotta sometimes you know we gotta it's great that we're being thoughtful but we also got to move ahead like we got to figure out a way forward too right because indeed right so so when you talk about like uh chief academic officer um Mm -hmm. you know that's that's it not every i don't even know if every district has that role Is that like, is that a unique, like, and like, they probably have maybe someone who does some of the things that you do i'm assuming right. like yes. what like what's what is a what is the role what is a chief academic officer in a k-12 district do specifically
1: so in many districts uh, they may call it an assistant superintendent for academics or that sort of thing or a deputy superintendent some right. people are uh, we don't have any assistant suits we only have chiefs so in our district we have four chiefs of different um of different areas. And so mine is a lot. So in terms of, I, am, um, I work with people in terms of our K to 12 assessment, or really pre-K, because we have four-year-olds, right. we have a four-year-old program, in terms of pre-K to 12th grade um, curriculum instruction assessment. So that's all on my hall of the world. Uh, we also do our federal programs that relate to instruction, live um, with this area with me. Um, And also in terms of like like, uh, instructional technology, we are a one-to-one technology district and we've been that way now I think about eight years. And so instructional technology and using um, devices for instruction is also under my wheelhouse. So trying to make all of those balls and, and plates uh, spin and make sure that we do what's best for children so they have the best outcomes.
0: Well, okay, so that actually is really interesting to me because a lot of times there's, so let's say in your district, there's a chief innovation officer or chief technology director, and maybe there is someone like that. And then there's a chief academic officer or like the, mm-hmm. the deputy, you know, the lead in curriculum. And they're actually like different roles, and sometimes there's some some of this going on, <laughs> Okay. where it's like, hey, it's like, but you actually combining the two, I find is really fascinating. Right? Well,
1: so I have an innovation person, so in my in my org chart, I have someone who is the innovation and in instructional technology. they they are one of my direct reports. So right. within that, so so we work to to think that. It, um, technology is a tool that's used to enhance the instruction. It's never going to replace a great teacher. Um, yeah. And it's a tool that we use to enhance that instruction.
0: Yeah. And that, that to me, like sometimes, like what I've seen some of the conflict is that mm-hmm. people like, well, lo- you learn new apps, new technologies, and then they'll, you know, kind of do that outside of the curriculum. And people are like, well, we still got to teach the curriculum as opposed to, like, seeing how do the two mesh? Like, how do the two actually, like, accelerate? And, like, one of the conversations, you know, a lot of times we are talking about, like, devices in the classroom, things like this. I'm like, look, Mm -hmm. you're, if you, one of the questions I had, well, how does this actually improve learning? I said, if you actually take this technology and you have students to, like, create something with their knowledge right you're you're not necessarily just getting them to regurgitate something with pen and paper but maybe actually really mm-hmm. create something build their own connections they might make a video you're opening some different avenues to mm-hmm. doing it so i'm like i'm like a, i didn't know that about your position i'm a big fan of that i love that yes. so that makes and that actually kind of brings me to um the next part you actually we talked a little bit about this and now it's kind of making sense to me you actually c- connected with me to come into your school district um, yes. and I do kind of combine the two things. Like those things are really important to me. It's and a lot of times because, because I'm comfortable with technology, I get really frustrated because people think I'm a tech person. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just comfortable with it. But really it's not mm-hmm. like if you can't tweet, we got issues, right? Like you just basically write in the, <laughs>
1: the square. right. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, you just right. blank space, fill it in like. <laughs> It's not really that but it's like my focus is on really how do we focus on deep learning and technology can you know enhance that in many ways or sometimes it doesn't it just kind of matters mm-hmm. on the situation. So when you were actually thinking about when you brought me in like what was some of the thinking behind that to like why like why at the time in Clover we were talking about this a lot of people I talk a lot about change a lot of your staff actually um, grew up there went away for a couple of years and taught there. So, you know, maybe change is not their thing in some ways, but what was some of the thinking behind bringing me in to, to talk to your staff? In the to, first place?
1: Today. So our thinking for bringing you in to and just to give it a little bit of context uh, before the pandemic hit our district, what we were trying to dip our toes into personalized learning. And so mm-hmm. we had a, a mini conference, uh, it wasn't anything quite like the scale of what we did this summer, right. um, but we had one because we were trying to dip our toes into it. And I will say, if I think back to those times before the that, we were really thinking about the what of personalized learning, like the flexible seating and that sort of thing rather than the who of personalized learning. And so the who of personalized learning is, is the kids and then, of course, their teachers. And so um, one of the things I think, George, that resonates in all your books is is that that whole heart piece and hmm. the building the connections is what resonates there. And so we, we wanted to give teachers the permission to understand, yes, we're, we're focused on academics and we're focused on high standards and, and we're not ever saying that we're not. But before you can get to those pieces, you really have to connect with the kids and get at their heart. And so one of the things that I think everyone sees coming out of the pandemic is um, you've really got to work a little bit harder in building those relationships with students and making that connection with them. And so we felt like we needed to give our teachers some permissions to think about building connection and make building heart Um, with your students and and just and loving loving your students and and that's why we really thought about that so today this summer the thought was focus on the kids and and the whole ownership and agency with the around the kids and that was the thinking for this summer now we're gonna move on and and we're gonna do uh, some more connections because we already have a a date on the calendar for the 2023 mini conference. Mm -hmm. But in bringing you in, we were really trying to connect with our teachers' hearts to Mm -hmm. show them, we appreciate you. We love you. We thank you for what you're doing to support children. And we're going to work on how do we build those connections with kids.
0: And and what I I love about that is the idea is it, it's not stops at relationships. Cause I think a lot of people get kind of, you know, when we talk about that, it kind of starts with that. It, it, some people get a kind of like a fluffy feeling, right? Like it's just yes. like, Oh, we love the kids. And I'm, yeah, of course mm-hmm. we love the kids. Right. It's actually, it is actually to build that relationship. It is way easier to challenge kids, to push them, to get them to Fine. live. Right. When, when they, yes. when, when you're pushing them and you know, they, they're, they're not as nervous to fall because they know someone has their back back. That's that's exactly right. so like I'm actually I think years ago I wrote a blog post like saying like relationships are important but they're also not enough, right? It's it's exactly. the beginning of that um, and then kind of moving forward. And so one of the things I noticed about, you know, you it was kind of interesting. I remember this very specifically when I came to Culver mm-hmm. is the weirdest drive to get to for and maybe it was just Google Maps <laughs> to get to to get to the airport. It was yeah. like I'm like what it's just back roads. Like I don't even yes, know. Yes, it like, is. Okay, it so is. that wasn't just the Google Day, right? That wasn't the like, was,
1: Google Day. That that is it.
0: Yeah, because it was like okay, so like I'm like just winding, you know. So it's like this. this there is no interstate or thoroughfare to get to the okay, airport. Really. Okay, I was, I was like, this is a little bit weird, right? So yes. one of the things that you know, I guess maybe my own maybe misconception sometimes is some of these smaller communities that are, and I wouldn't say it's like, it's so close to Charlotte, like it's, but it's like, it's like hidden. It's like a weird close to Charlotte, right? Like yes, you wouldn't just drive by it by accident. You have to go, right? (laughs) Yes.
1: You have to, you have to intend to get
0: here. Right. And so what I love, what I really resonate with me with, with connecting with you is you grew up there you have no been in this community your entire life, but you are very forward thinking and, and really. So like, what are some of the, I don't know, maybe some of the challenges, some of the opportunities um, that you've seen kind of like pushing this community forward, um, thinking about some of the things that you're doing, even like, cause, cause it could be, it could have been really easy just to say like, Hey, let's just keep Clover the way it was when I went to school, but you're not doing that. But I'm sure there's some things that you hold on to that are really important for the Clover community. But like, what are some of the things that you're like, maybe some of the challenges that you've had, you know, as the community kind like, of you grows? Told me, you told me like your graduating class was about a quarter of the size of your current graduating class when you went to school.
1: Yes, it, it, it is. And so what I'll say is, is that um, we are a small Town, But we're a bedroom community to Charlotte. And so there are lots of things where uh, we can push on and give students opportunities to have experiences in the local community. I mean, we're in South Carolina, but we're really, you know, we're stone's throw across the North Carolina line. And so, um, we're fortunate that there are some businesses uh, that are willing to partner with us and grant, give students some opportunities uh, for some work-based learning, um, chances that they get to experience and see, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if children are really into arts, they can take advantage of the arts community that is nearby. And um, it's easy to have artists in residence and that sort of thing who come uh, and, and provide opportunities for children uh, so that they can get their creative genius and and experience that and, and live into that. Um, so it, it's, uh, there are, you know, it would be very, very easy to kind of just fall to the background and, and not focus on what's out there. But that would be ignoring the kids that are growing up here because they've, they've changed it. Just because they live in a small town doesn't mean that they are exactly like they were 30 years ago. There they are differences indeed in students. And so we have to recognize those differences and help our students play on those strengths because it doesn't mean that they're not going to have to, and I hate to use the word compete, mm-hmm. but they're going to be expected to know and do the same things that their counterparts in a job that went to a large high school in a larger city, they're going to expect be expected to be able to do the same thing. So we can't be comfortable and not allow them to have those opportunities.
0: Yeah. And we were talking about this before the podcast, when I was a kid growing up, uh, my parents, both immigrants to Canada, um, very limited education. And it was like a non-negotiable that Mm -hmm. myself and my siblings were going to college. Mm -hmm. And I think between us, we have, I think, you know, probably 10 plus degrees. Um, and the way the, the, the thinking at the time, and I, it was like somewhat accurate was that, you know, college was like a guarantee to like a right. better life. And now I don't see it the same way. So I'm right. not, I'm not adamant. My kids go to college. I'm not. And, um, that that's something, you know, now if that, if whatever their path is, they, they'll need college for it if they need that. But just to go to college for the sake of going to college is not, necessarily it's something you know, like we were talking before is the only guarantee right now is debt. It's not debt. necessarily, um, you know, uh, a, a career or something that you love. And, um, I think that that to me is something that's really, um, we have to kind of think about that because I think we can easily fall into a default, like just do what we, our parents want to do it. Kind of thing. Right? right. So can I, I gotta ask you this, what is okay. something like Clover that you would say was similar as a kid when you were growing up i'm kind of putting you on the spot because i didn't ask you this before (laughs) okay that that you still that you still that still goes on in your community that you think is like like a traditional practice or a traditional thing that you are like think is really still good for kids is there anything that you can think of like that hey you know this happened when i was in school we still do to this day and it's one thing i love um you know, I, I can't necessarily think of anything that's
1: this truly specific that's really escaping me right now is something that's true. But I do know um, the one thing that even as we've grown larger, I think that hasn't changed in many ways is the way that our community is supportive of our students, Right. Um, you know on friday nights in in the south uh people love high school football and they still do and uh i think you know you you have people who I look around and they come to our athletic events and they don't necessarily have a child. It's not like they have a child or a grandchild or a niece or a nephew that is playing athletics, but yet, and still, they're still out there. They're supporting us. They're, you know, they're cheering for us. They cheer for the dance team. When they perform, they cheer for the band when they perform. Um, we have um, the high school uh, chorus uh, that's uh a great program, and uh, they do uh, two major shows a year: a holiday show and a spring show. And every time that they uh, that that is, we have a full house. We have people who their grandparents of somebody, but not necessarily grandparents of children in the program, who actually buy tickets year after year after year and come out and support that. So I don't know. If there's necessarily any one thing, but I can say uh, for certain we certainly feel the support of our student, of our community for our students, regardless of whether they're parents or not.
0: Well, the, the, the interesting, I think I wrote this in innovator innovators mindset. I said, mm-hmm. basically 50 years ago, relationships were the most important thing in edu- were in, in education and 50 years mm-hmm. from now, it'll be the exact same thing.
1: Thing, yes. and, and, and
0: probably even more so. Right. Um, yes. And we, we were talking a little bit before I grew up in a very small town in Canada and, um, it was really tough to see Uh, years ago. There was a horrific uh, bus crash that um, killed um, several players from the, the the local hockey team. And it was such, it was like such a horrible thing. And one of the things I did know through that, I'm like, is this horrible? This is that community, like that community is going to come together. Like that was something that I just knew would happen. And to watch, How where I grew up because I knew how important it was that people connected and took care of each other, and it was something that uh, even in tragedy I was proud of to watch that how that you know my 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 town came together um, to take care of one another, and that's something that I'm really proud of. I got to ask you this question because you know I'm a basketball fan, right? Yes. Are you are you a Charlotte Hornets fan, or do you like is that do they count because they're North Carolina? I don't know. I know there's this like North
1: Carolina. So. So if they're playing, I am going to root for them, and indeed I am going to root for them. Uh, but I will say, probably in my house, I'm much more of a football fan than I am a basketball. I mean, I, I love the local team, uh, and that's great, and I'm happy if the Hornets win. But it, it, they're not really my
0: team. <laughs> well, I because I actually there's a Lamelo Ball. He's a kid yes. in there, and uh, oh, do I love him? He is like. <laughs> yes. He is like one of my, I love watching him play. He's super fun. I was a big Magic Johnson fan when I was a kid and he kind of reminds me of him. He does like, he's some flat, he's just like flashy, but he's, he, he's like, um, I know this, a, I know if I ever got to play basketball, like if I got to play the NBA, which would never, ever happen, I would never get close. I'd be the happiest person ever. I'd be smiling the whole time. And I just, that's what he makes me feel like. He's just like, Oh, I get to play basketball. This is the greatest thing ever. Right. <laughs> ever. To play yes. basketball, Right. So uh yeah and uh what's uh Trevor Lawrence he plays in Florida now right Yes yes wow. yes yes. how is he doing He's not doing so good in Annapolis <laughs> No you follow him still like do you follow him I
1: I, I do follow him I I I I'm going to tell you I this is going to sound horrible okay. but I, I love high school football I love college football I really don't care about the NFL. All right. <laughs> this is horrible, All right. but I really, I could take it or leave it.
0: <laughs> is it hey, can I ask you this? Cause I'm like, I'm new to Florida. Is the Florida <laughs> considered the South? Is this, is there, are they going to be crazy about football down here too? or what? Is <laughs> considered
1: crazy, South? I, I think they're going to be crazy about football. I, I would say, well, Florida, it is the South, but it's not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as a true no, Southern person, I'm like, mm, no.
0: Yeah, because I was like, well, we're more south than you. So is this the south? I don't know. But I, I don't know.
1: I, I'm I'm thinking North Carolina, Georgia, and South Carolina. And I think the south.
0: Right, and, right. It goes we're, that way. Not Like saw it off. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Okay, so no, last you still. I know, I know. So last question I got for you. Um, okay. You Okay, so the last couple of years has been, you know, kind of a thing. It's been really, really tough. Um, yeah, but this year, um, so you are like, I, I met with you all in uh, middle of July. July. Yes, You you were probably back in school in August or even yes, was it? We her? were, so we were like, back in school
1: about exactly a month later. You were there mid-July and mid-August. We were back in school.
0: Okay. So has it been like, okay, this is like, how, how has it been so far? Has it been like, okay, this is like kind of like, the like are you still having some of the disruptions that were last year or is there kind of like a, a smoothness going on
1: so we, we're not having quite the disruptions of when uh, i guess school year 2021 and 2122, where there you were know, you still kind of had moments where you had to shut down or close down we haven't experienced that yet right. thankfully we're, we're really not but um I, I will say the one thing about our district is is that in 2021, we really worked to get back to a sense of normalcy. And that is our elementary kids. We brought, we did lots of safeguards, but we brought our elementary kids back full-fledged. Our middle and high school kids were on a a flexible A day, B day, and then they got to all. So really, last year in 21, 22, we were full-fledged. We were, we were in school every day, Uh, we quarantined when necessary, but we really weren't shutting down uh, to the degree that some places still did. So, and I think that shows, I think our teachers worked really, really hard. Um, Academically, we, we show some gains where we are back to pre pandemic performance in our uh, content areas. And we're really very, very thankful. We we've tried to keep as much going as we have. So um, I, I'm pleased with how this year is going. I hope it's going to continue. Uh, I do think the one thing that I, I do um, have the most concern about is is the overall health and well being of our teachers and the health and well being. Don't get me wrong. The health and well being of the children is important too, but. At, Every day, I want to make sure that our teachers feel supported, that they feel loved and cared for, and uh, that we want to support them in being able to do their best with students.
0: Well, so I, I'm a big believer that anxiety and trauma is passed on. That yes. if, if your teachers are feeling it, it will be going to the kids. Trickling. I, I yes. truly this. So as as you're talking and you're telling me this about your staff, so I distinctly remember this now. It mm-hmm. hit me. Because I re- when I asked you to be on the podcast, I said, look, I'm going to be super busy. I'm on the road. But when I get back, I'm going to reach out to you and you're going to be on the podcast. And by I reach out to you like right after I was there. Yes. And I I actually wrote down when you were talking to your staff that I have to have Millie sent them on my. So you and I had gone back and forth through email <laughs> yes. before to come there. I didn't really know much about you. Yes. The speech you gave to your teachers was one of the most heartfelt, emotional, powerful things. And I remember I'm like, I love this woman. She is absolutely incredible. The way she talks with your you. staff and the way your staff, like it was very authentic. And I was like, oh, they actually like her too. Not <laughs> that always the case, right? Okay. right. I'm, I'm glad that, glad that yeah, she knows that. Because you know, I, like, wow. I remember, I remember actually, I was like, I was there and I was started crying. I'm like, I don't know anybody. Why am I crying? Like, what is going on? And I remember that. And it maybe, and it was like, I think sometimes, you know, you are in a central office position and there is this, like there has been, especially in the last couple of years, this us versus them mentality that I've seen, you know, on social media, you've seen it in places. And one of the things I really appreciated about your community and, you know, like just it was just really is like, hey, we're all here working together so that we can help you help the kids. And you were and that's and then I like wrote on my phone in my notes asking to listen to be on my podcast. Oh, that's, thank it, that's, what, that's what I thank asked you. you. So I remember that it was very it was very emotional. Yeah, I won't. I was I. I. I would ask you to like tell us what you said that day, but I don't want to cry <laughs> on my podcast right now.
1: Okay, well no, let's, not on, let's not cry. Let's not cry on your yeah. podcast because yeah. I, I, our teachers really are. They are digging in every day, and yeah. we are so grateful for
0: all they do. And you, I could. That was the thing to me that really stuck out was the pride you had, and that yes. really connected with me. And I was, I was, I felt very proud. To be an educator, to see how you and your teachers interact with one another, it really made a difference, and that's that's why I wanted to talk to you today. So, anyone, uh, everyone that you're listening, thank you so much, Milliecent, for being on the podcast. Make sure you connect, uh, and you can find the details down below in the description. Millicent, it's okay. so good to see you again. Great today. to see
1: you too, George. I enjoyed being here; it's a bright spot in the day. So, thank you for having me. Wow. I appreciate right.
0: it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a wonderful day.